Hey, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. And this week's Parsha, Chai Sarah, tells the story, much of the Parsha is devoted to the story of what happens after Sarah dies. But in the end, Avraham also dies, and it has the story of what happens in Avraham's life after Sarah's death. And that's what I want to look at today. And I wanted to consider this little chunk of text through the lens of who Keturah, or Avraham's wife is. So now we have in chapter 25, after Sarah has been buried, after Rivka and Yitzchak get married, that was uh, chapter 25, verse one opens with, Vayosef Avraham vayikach isha ushma keturah. Avraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. And then it lists all the children that she has and who their children are. And then the text says that Avraham gave everything that he owned to Yitzchak, and he gave the sons of the Pilag Shim, of his concubines, gifts while he was still alive and then sent them away. And then it tells us Avram was 175 years old when he died and that he then died and with Beseva Tova Zaken Besavea, that he died at a good ripe age, old and contented. And that then Yitzchak and Yishmael bury him in Marat next to Sarah. Okay, so the question is, what's going on in this text? This text is kind of perplexing for us. It's perplexing for us because Avraham has kind of, the text has portrayed him until now as being a serial monogamist, <laughs> pardon the, the, the colloquialism. But Avraham is someone who, the focus of his entire life has been with his wife, Sarah, and that the marriage to Hagar was almost begrudging, um, something he wasn't really particularly interested in did for Sarah. And now all of a sudden we're being told that Avraham, when Sarah dies, marries another woman, and perhaps women, if you thought the Pilak Shin was concubines, and has all these children and then dies a very, very happy death. Now, the text was one way to view it, which is to say, well, okay, so he that's exactly what he did. He found a woman named Kentura and did exactly what I just said, had all those kids, etc. But we, some of us may be familiar um, with the somewhat famous comments of Rashi that actually Keturah was not a random woman, but Keturah was Hagar. The 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 shifcha, the maidservant of Hasara, who Avraham had married and had um, Ishmael with. Now, some people might not find this this statement particularly appetizing. There's zero textual indication of this that Hagar was Keturah. And in fact, what Rashi quotes has to, you know, sort of invent explanations for how this could actually make sense. There's no textual connection. It also seems like it wasn't just one wife, that he had multiple wives. And also it's just, it's, it's random. What's the connection? The last time we saw Hagar, she and Ishmael were banished and went to live in a different nation. So how suddenly could she be coming back? So to say what I wanted to do today is I don't want to just stop with saying, well, okay, Keturah's Hagar, that's a nice idea, but there's actually no textual connection. She was probably someone else. And instead, I wanted to focus on what motivated the text to say that Keturah was in fact Hagar. Why would someone here, the Tanhuma, why would we want to say, oh yeah, it was Hagar, that this woman, it's not that he married a new wife, he, he just returned to an old one. And I wanted to think about that really through the lens of Avraham's life in general. So Avraham is someone who clearly was identified by God 
as being a unique personality and the type of personality that you need in order to build the Jewish people. He's someone who is willing to leave his home. He's someone who's willing to venture into new territory, who is willing to go to war, who to save you know his nephew. He he sees a problem and he fixes it. Um, there are all the things in the Torah where he he hardly hesitates in any of these situations. He really is just like kind of a go getter, but also an independent go getter. One someone who is also on the same point at the same time, comfortable challenging God and Stoman Amara, etc. He's always looking forward. He's looking ahead. And if there's a problem, he fixes it. If there's a famine, he goes somewhere else. If there's a war and a load is captured, he goes and he captures load back. This is someone who under who sees a problem and is able to just challenge it and move on. Much unlike myself, I should say. And I bet that some of you listening may identify with me more as well. But he's actually pretty remarkable in that sense. And you see that even in this week's Parsha as well. Sarah dies, so what does he do? He procures a burial plot. Then he sees Yitzchak needs a wife, and so he figures out how to get one. He just moves on in and he solves problems. And so considering that part of Avram's personality, you might be more inclined to say, well, yeah, Keturah is just a random woman that he married afterwards. Because he looked around, he said, well, Sarah has passed away. You know, I still want to get married again and maybe have more children. So he just finds another wife and does it, right? It's that part of Avraham that just sees a problem and knows what the solution should be and makes it happen, no problem. But you really start to understand not just this story, but the whole entire trajectory of Avraham's life and his personality and who he is, if you say that Keturah was in fact Hagar. Now let's reflect a little bit on this debt, on the relationship that Avram has with, with Hagar. As we said, he marries her, he sleeps with her because Sarah says, you know, take her and ulai banemimena, right? Maybe I'll be built up through her. And we know that Sarah is resistant because then once Hagar gets pregnant, Sarah is actually pretty awful to Hagar. And that the relationship must have been very painful because also we see expressed multiple times that Avraham had a very strong love of Yishmael. His response when, when God says, hey, you're going to have a biological son you know, with Sarah, God's, Avraham's response is, what about Yishmael? And when God says, yeah, you have to listen to Sarah and, and kick out Hagar and Ishmael. Avram clearly is very hesitant to do so and sad about doing so. He loves Ishmael. And by extension, I would argue that to some extent he must love Hagar also because she is the one who bore him Yishmael, the son that he loves, right? He seems to have this very um, intimate connection to Hagar and to Yishmael. And there's actually a series of Midrashim that imagine that um, after that after they were banished, when Hagar and Yishmael are living um, far away, that Avraham still went to go visit them. Because he, it, it, this Midrash just cannot accept that Avraham closed the door in that relationship. And so to say now that actually Keturah is Hagar, this is actually a brilliant, a brilliant insight of the Midrash and the Tachuma, the one that Rashi cites. It's saying that Avraham isn't someone who only looked forward at the expense of never looking back. Avraham actually is a complicated person who tried to make the best of any situation that he was in, but also still had that those emotions, those longings that 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 he had to resist in order to do the right thing. And what I mean by that is that he he banished Hagar and Ishmael because 
God said, well, you have to listen to whatever sorry your wife says. But it's not that he just said, okay, so then I guess that's over and he moved on. It actually was a relationship that that haunted him and one that he continued to love and, and to miss. And that when Sarah dies, yes, Abraham cries for her and he loves her, but he also sees an opportunity in there to restore the love that he had that he had to lose by sending them away and to actually bring the banished part of his family back into his home once again. And I think that that really, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful commentary on Abraham and a beautiful commentary on the story. And it brings a genuine closing to the story of Abraham, our, the founder of our religion that you don't have if you don't, if you see Keturah as being a random person. It brings that sense of closure. And I think that that's important because what happens right after they get married, Avram marries Keturah, and that they have children? Well, he he dies. And he dies this remarkable, happy, right death. So many deaths are tortured and are pained. And Avram is like the opposite of that. His is as good as possible, as satisfied, as conclusive as possible. And what happens in the next Pasuk right after he dies? His sons, Isaac and Yishmael, bury him in the cave of Machpelah. Now, if you were going to say that Keturah was a random woman, then it means that somehow it got communicated to Yishmael that Avraham had died and he returned to bury him. Which, by the way, would not be the craziest thing. We also see that Esav shows up out of nowhere to bury, Yaak, um, to, to bury his father Yitzchak when he dies, right? Esav and Yaakov bury him together. So it's not crazy to say that Yishmael came out of nowhere. But if you say that Keturah is Hagar, what you could be suggesting is that Yishmael, not only does Hagar re-enter the family, but Yishmael does also. Yishmael, the banished son, there's finally room for him to be able to return and to move back in. And that then also part of that is that he and Yitzchak are able to bury their father together when he died. Now, I think it really sends it, it, it makes Avraham such a more complicated, uh, complex character, not complicated, but complex character than saying that Keturah is a random woman. As we said, if Keturah is a random woman, Avraham is the type of person who looks forward and never looks back. And that can be a great trait in a person. But it also means you run the risk of ignoring your feelings or suppressing your feelings. If you're always moving on, then what you're telling yourself is that feelings of regret, of sadness, of longing, have they're just not productive feelings. They don't have a place in your life. But here, if we say that Keturah was in fact Hagar, what we see is in fact, I think, really a very healthy person who is able to have those feelings not let them dominate him while his wife is still alive, but also not just try to suppress them and forget them entirely. And that when there was an opportunity to reunite with the parts of his family that he loved and missed, Avraham was able to do so and literally and figuratively bring them back under his tent, bring them back into his narrative. Rather than being banished from his story, they now become part of his story once again, so much so that they're there then to bury him and start the next generation. And I think that this is an important message not just for how we think about Avraham, but also for our, you know, how we think about each other um, and, and, the, and how our own lives and the, the role that, that regret, that missed opportunity, that sadness over what can be plays in our lives.
And the Avraham that marries Keturah is someone who doesn't really make much space for us to have longing, to have sadness in our lives. But the Avraham that remarries Hagar actually does. And it teaches us that it's okay to make mistakes, that it's okay to reach back out and find the parts of ourselves that we thought we'd been trying to bury. And that sometimes it's really the way that in fact, you find life's ultimate satisfactions and ultimate resolutions is not by trying to ignore the past parts of us that felt painful and complicated, but really, in fact, leaning into those and embracing them and trying to integrate them into ourselves to bring us into a better future. Shabbat Shalom.